Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, barbecuers of all ages, Cowboy Cav here welcoming you to the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Myron Mix and Smokers. Are you a caterer, a competitor, a barbecue enthusiast? Myron Mixon has the smoker for you. Check out all their styles at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And don't forget to tell them Mikey K sent you. Do you enjoy this podcast, our blogs? Well, join our growing community of friends over on Patreon and help support your favorite barbecue podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube page for lots of videos on different styles of barbecue, different recipes, and the entrepreneurship of barbecue. And now, here's your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? We are hanging out with Jason from Barbecue King. Uh, he's got two full brick-and-mortar restaurants. He's got a badass barbecue trailer. Uh, he's got a line of rubs, a line of sauces. Uh, the man's kind of doing 15 million different things. He's helping us out because he's a good dude. Um, but, Jason, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us. Um, when did you kind of start your barbecue journey? First of all, thanks, Mike, for having us. Uh Absolutely, dude. Anything I do for you, you're a great guy. So um, when did I start my barbecue journey? Um, my barbecue journey started in probably 2004. And you started with competition barbecue, correct? I did not. I started my driveway, and I sucked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I started barbecuing. I used to have a charcoal and distribution company. So anybody that really knows me, I'm not going to get too much on the business side. But I had a charcoal distribution company. Uh, I literally was the Brazilian mafia connection for charcoal for every Brazilian trascery in the state of Illinois at one point. Looked at the products, looked at the wood and everything I was selling them, looked at the way they were cooking. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, there's got to be, this has got to make food a lot better. So I went and I literally bought a char griller Texas style side firebox from Menards. Everybody knows what those are for like eighty bucks. And how quick did you burn through that, baby? Oh, dude! Like the first day I did it, <laughs> it was terrible. Um, got a set of beef ribs and was like, I'm gonna be a smoker guy, and made them, and they were dog shit. I ate them out of principle. My wife wouldn't even touch them. I was living in my mom's basement at the time, did it in her driveway. Thought I was gonna be like the man because I could cook. And completely screwed it up. They were awful. Ate them out of principle, and that started off my journey. And you were like, "I'm gonna eat this because I yes. just spent like <laughs> I spent fifty dollars on exactly. them, so I'm gonna eat it." I spent a bunch of money, and I'm like, "The smoke was looking good." I mean, they were over smoked. I mean, I had, I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. Didn't have now. Any- when you say the smoke was looking good, was it that nice white pillowy gross? Yes, smoke? the stuff you see every like amateur pumping through <laughs> and the circuit, and you're like, dude, you're over smoking your food. It was like it was like puffing like it was. There was so much smoke in there, it was like puffing like a house fire. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. And then I realized that that's not good at all. No, I don't. <laughs> so, I don't want to see any of that. I don't want to see that at all. But that's how I started. Um, we just did yeah. a part. We just did a party, and a bunch of people were asking me because we had our we had our cooker on site and all right. that, and they're like. Why don't I see smoke? And I'm like, because you don't want to. I'm like, if you go to any place and you're seeing tons of smoke come out, I'm like, run. Yeah, run fast. If you weren't here for like the first couple hours of the cook process, then you don't get to see any of that. Yeah, you need to be here for the whole process. Just run. Yeah, if you show up and you're getting ready to eat and you see a bunch of smoke puffing out, run away as fast as you can. (laughs) And that, I mean, that's the hard part, right? That that people don't understand quite at the beginning of, of smoking is that when you have that dirty smoke you got to let that smoke kind of clear out mm-hmm. let let it get let that nice clean smoke start rolling have your grates nice and hot um, you're putting you're putting your meat in 
and then you're getting a nice, good, clean smoke. You're not mm-hmm. forcing it. Give yourself a little bit of time. I Correct. I think that's the you know they think oh well you know it's, it's going so here we go. I don't want to lose that smoke. I don't. It's like no no no. You want to lose all of that smoke. Right. I I think everybody's the little misconceived. Even when you grill, I mean. I'm a big advocate of natural lump charcoal, not using lighter fluid, using a torch. Yep. You can use briquettes, newsflash. Everybody uses them. It's it's the byproduct of lump. Yep. It's the biggest thing everybody uses. But do yourself a favor, and if you're going to use lighter fluid and briquettes, let them turn white. Yeah. Take that time. People don't realize. You don't just get a fire going and, oh, cool, it's hot. It's ready to go. That's why your food tastes like garbage. You have to let all that burn off. Get the coals nice and nice and white. Give, nice, them, a, give nice them a half an hour. Cook. Yeah, ready to cook. Give them a half an hour. And you'll be amazed at the difference in, in the quality of your food. A hundred percent agree with And that. I think the other thing that people do is, uh, you know, they'll, they'll throw their, their, their grate on and they don't let that grate actually heat up. Dude, that steel takes a second to, right. to actually get hot. Mm-hmm. Give, it, give yourself a little bit of time to do that. Now people are like, you know, that's why I go to my gas grill. Dude, the gas grill just Same concept. The gas grill doesn't on, mean you can throw it right on. Doesn't mean <laughs> that those grates are, are like hot. They're hey, little secret, go. guys. I cook on a gas grill at my house all day long. You want to know why? Because I've got a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old and a wife that says, make me a burger now. Newsflash. I have to let it heat up for 10 minutes first and then Either cook. Way. Either way, but it's still saving me a half an hour. So that's why I do it. <laughs> we got to get you a bigger torch. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Don't flame me, dude. It's so sacrilegious for me. It's like every time I turn it on, I cringe. But it is what it is. So Hey, at least, at least you're feeding good barbecue. That's all that matters. Right. Yep. Now... When you decide you you did do a little bit of competition barbecue, correct? I did, and and so I and I started my moved into that. Realm. Yeah, I started my career really with smoking and doing that in like two thousand and four. I was at the firehouse. I got I got hired at the firehouse in two thousand and five, which I don't talk a lot about. But then in two thousand and six is when I started. Um, you know what? I was kind of messing around with the catering. Things were kind of taking off. I was doing it all out of my house. I mean, just that's the reality of the way it started. I didn't have a bunch of money I borrowed from a bank and start this company. This was built from the ground up. You know, I borrowed twelve hundred dollars from my buddy when I opened Woodstock for the money in my registers. That's how much money I didn't have. Okay, <laughs> so let's not be fooled. Like I went and got a bank loan and all this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like I built it from the ground up. So. I started the first one I ever did. I did uh, the event. I, I think they still do it. I did it at uh, uh, Lamb's Farm. Okay, yeah, I yeah. did the very first one. Competed against guys like Mo Kaysen. Okay? Matt Mo. Mo's a great guy. Yep. Awesome dude. Just sit there in his trailer, you know, now look at him. You know, so it's awesome to see him and how far he's come. Yeah. Like, because I remember sitting there just shooting the shit with him. Like, hey, dude, what's up? And where he was from. And I, was, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I brought two big green eggs, a pop-up tent, and was like, okay, cool. Had a buddy of mine. Um... Seth, who was, I think it was Pork Crastators, they were doing really well. They did really well. I don't think they do it anymore. But he's like, you should do this. So I did it. I had a buddy of mine from the firehouse do it. Um, we did it, and I didn't know the first thing about cutting my thighs and making them look nice and round. I, so, I, so, I, they were, so they'd be nice and uniform. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I didn't know about packing boxes. I didn't know anything. I just was like, okay, I'm going to cook. So we ended up doing that. We get a call. We get fifth place in Pork. And he's like, I'm done helping you. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, it's taking... Because I haven't even gotten a call. It took me years to get it. You come out here on the first try, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't want to get yeah, yelled you know at. Like, that's kind of how it is. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> right. That, that's the worst That's the worst thing for you. 100% you it got is. bit, and you were like, fuck, I got I'm like, go. this sucks. You know? So now I got to go. Then I did it for a couple years, and we won. We'd, I never really won Grand Champion. Never really got into it. I figured out very quickly where I think I'm different, and I'm not trying to, like shit on it or anything it's great it's got its place what i didn't like about it was i didn't like the politics in it i yep. know i know who i cooked against um i know that it, it, in newsflash guys you can call me out on it it's it's different 
you're not cooking that food for 100 people in an event. And don't tell me you are because you're lying to yourself and to me. Yeah. I think you'd agree. Yeah. It's a different style of cooking. Completely. Not taking anything away from it. Nobody nobody wants to eat competition. Nobody wants to no. eat real competition. You don't want to sit down and eat a plate of competition barbecue. No, you'll throw up. Exactly. And your <laughs> blood pressure will be through the roof because there's so much sodium in it. Oh, yeah. 100%. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. But we did well. Um, never won any of the big events. I feel, I figured out real quickly that why should I spend $500 or $1,000 a weekend to win like 500000 when I can go out and cook and make money? So I got bit more by... Yes, that kind of validated that I was kind of good and I knew what I was doing. Yeah. But I also figured out real quickly that I'd like to do this for the masses and like you'd rather feed people. A hundred percent, like actually feed. people. The biggest like high I get now, the biggest high I get now is when I'm running my restaurants when I'm on the floor on a Saturday night and I just look at all the kids and all the people just smiling because I know that we made that food. Yeah, that's huge for me. It doesn't have to be the best. They just have to like it. Like we talked about a little bit earlier before we yeah. got on this. I love the fact that people are going to love your stuff. That don't like mine, they can like them both. That's barbecue. There's a hundred guys that are out there doing it, and they're gonna and say you, they like you know they like your brisket, but they like my ribs. They like hundred you know I mean? percent. It's, it's, one of it's those like things. growing up on the south side or the north side. You're the Cubs or Sox. It's just how you grow up. Yeah, that's how it is. So that's what I like about it. So that's where I started. And I only did that. Man, I probably did. I did a handful of competitions, but that's all I did. Um, so I did that for a while. Then I got the catering going. Um, I cooked, I cooked the uh, McHenry County Rib or McHenry County Rib Fest, McHenry County Fair, the first one I ever did, dude. I'll tell them now because I don't care. They can't do anything to me now. I cooked it at my house off two big green egg larges. They didn't even have the extra large, so I was, dude, I was cooking around the clock for seven days in a row. And when I mean around the clock, I mean twenty four seven. Like <laughs> the shit was cooking. Like I'd take it off, take enough for there. I'd have more on, and I was running back and forth. And that's how I did my first like festival. So I look at my stuff now. Like that's how I did it. And I, you're like, I'll never do I never do that again. Like, <laughs> I had to figure out real quick. I did, that's when I bought my meat monsters. I'll show you those grills one later on, but um, I'll give you a tour of everything. Yeah. But that's when I had that on site. I was like, I'm the freaking cat's ass. This is, and people couldn't understand. Like, they consider it like, this guy's a cocky dick. And I'm like, no, you just don't understand what I used to do. Like, this is so awesome because I have the capacity and just, I don't have to leave. The freaking smoker's right here. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm good to go. Right. They had no concept of what I was doing. Absolutely not. So that's kind of, so we got started there, uh, did the fairs and did things like that. Um, now, that, what, what made you want to do fairs versus... Like, what really brought Fuck, you dude, out? I want to make money. Okay, so... Like, just... money. Like, okay. can't, I'm not going to lie. Okay? Like, money's, money's the root of all evil. I mean, but the newsflash is, I need... I was a realist. Money was a vehicle for me to build what I wanted to build. Of course. Yeah. I wanted to open up a brick-and-mortar store. Yeah. I wanted to be the best in the area. And I wanted to continue to grow. I just wanted to grow. I wanted to do my sauce. I mean, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I first started cooking those beef ribs. That's why I decided to do it. Yeah, I'm different. I knew exactly where I wanted to be, and I'm still not there yet. So we're seven years into my into my into your journey, into my journey, and it's I've got a lot longer to go. No, so that's no, what I, I, I want. I think that's awesome. I just I I think a lot of people tend to shy away from the fairs just because they're big. Right. They're you know you know it's kind of like one of those things you look at it and you're like, dude, that's a monster. Like, how do I right. take that on? Well, I also had the passion for it. Don't get confused. I wanted to make money, but it's because I knew this was what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was self-aware. I looked at it and said, shit, I really like this. Now, how can I make money doing it? Because I've always said, if you do what you love, you'll never work another day in your life, and the money will follow. This is what I tell people now. And it did. Yeah. I wanted the money, 
but I wasn't focused on it. Yeah. I knew that I had to have the passion, the drive, work my ass off, and everything falls into place. So that's the message, not, oh, shit, do barbecue because you're going to make money. First of all, if you suck at it, you're not going to – if you suck at anything, if you don't make – if you don't make – the best widget, you're not going to sell widgets. No. Exactly. Hands down. So it has to be good, and you have to love it. Yeah. Like, if you told me I could shovel, I could dig ditches tomorrow every day, and you pay me a million dollars a year, I wouldn't do it. No. Because I'd be okay. miserable. Yeah. So yeah, that, no, I'm good to yeah. Go. So you have to have that basis first. Um, but to do the fairs, it was just, I just thought I could make some money. It was good local exposure. I knew how to market. I went to school for marketing. I knew that I started had to, uh, to foot, put a footprint in the town for the restaurant. Okay, no, so, you, okay, that, that, that's kind of where I, I guess I was going with it, is you knew what, you knew, like, hey, the exposure's going to be really, really mm-hmm. good, the, and the fit, the people yep. there are going to remember that name. Here's a, here's a secret I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys all my secrets, because anybody can cook barbecue, everybody's got their own rubs, even talking to you, your stuff, yeah. the stuff we talked about is different, but it's the, a different flavor thing, profile. There, there's no, like, for me, I don't think, like, I can tell you all my, I can teach you how I cook, right? There's no secrets, and I can you teach can you everything, teach you know them all. Yeah. But you can teach me how you cook, right? Right. Your food's still going to come out. 100%. It, it, I, I, get to, I tell you, I tell people, oh, I, I get to know this. I'm going to start like doing classes for like free or like charging a little bit of money. Guys want to know? I'll teach you all the basics. I'm going to teach you 90%. You still don't have my rub. You still have to put it on there to get my flavor. Just but like you. They still don't cook like you do. Right. But, but I'm saying, I can teach you 90% of it. Sure. Like I can tell you, here's how you set up the grill. Here's how you wrap stuff. Here's what you need to look for. That's all basic. You, anybody can get that. So it's yeah. just your, and that's why I love about it so much. So here's here's what I did. I reverse engineered everything. I literally said I need to put a footprint in the town. I already knew what I wanted to do. So yeah. for all you guys out there that are listening to this that are small like you with pop ups and everything yeah. like that, this is what you do. You create the demand and then build the store because that's exactly what I did. It wasn't when I built my store. I bought my store in 2010. It took me two years to open it. It was a joke. People are like, "This place is never going to open." Well, here's the kicker. <coughs> Excuse me. I didn't have a hundred thousand dollars to go in and remodel this store. I worked with all my other companies. I did the catering. I saved my money and then did it myself. That's why it took two years. But it wasn't. Hey. When that barbecue place opens, Sally, let's go try it out. It looks like it's going to be pretty good. It was, when is Barbecue King opening? Because I want to go eat his food. Now, do you see the difference? Yeah. They are, I'd already had a brand. They had already eaten my food catering, just like you're doing. Yeah. So get out there, do your pop-ups, build your brand, market the hell out of it, and then when you decide to open up the brick and mortar, it's not, hey, I'm going to go try that new that new barbecue place. It's, hey, I'm going to go try Fire and Smoke because it's badass. And I know Mikey and I know those guys. Their restaurant's going to be unbelievable. And people think go about it all wrong. Well, if you – I don't know if you're going to remember. You probably will remember this though. Um, anyone that lived in the Chicagoland area for mm-hmm. – for I think it was like like probably 1999 to about 2008. Yep. When Sonic literally put commercials on yep. the fucking TV <laughs> every yep. single day, and you were like, "Where's the near Sonic?" It's like yeah. four hours. What's away. a Sonic? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but then we were like starting to figure out. I was like, "Where's the near Sonic?" It's four hours away. Right. What the fuck? Right. But they knew what they were doing and because then they put one here, and it was lines, chaos. It was fucking lines out the door. A hundred percent. So that's exactly the model that you're going after. Yeah. And, and don't worry about, you know, I mean, it's, that's what you guys need to do. And that you guys are doing a great job. I mean, you, and the market's going to tell you, if you're not busy, newsflash, your shit might suck. Yeah. 
look at it. Like I look at it all the time. Like I'm constantly auditing our process. Yeah. Like when I get a bad review, newsflash guys, we usually screwed it up. My guys usually did something that I told them not to do and we served a bad product and I've got to deal with that because I'm serving 10,000 customers a month. Yeah. So with social media, with everything, it's going to expose you. So be careful what you want. And I think that, that that's a big thing now. It's changing though too because like before before social media was so big, um, it wasn't as fast. It, it, no. It didn't travel quite as fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, now it's before people are eating, they're taking a picture of that plate. They're they're doing all that. And we talked about all that branding stuff earlier. Um, it, it's just – it's insane how quickly – Super fast. It, it, it moves. Here's a funny fact. Last Friday – I was having some uh, control issues in the restaurant, in the Huntley store, and I ha- I couldn't be there, so I had my expo manager texting me pictures of every single plate that went out of my kitchen, and I was correcting it via text. Move that. This is sloppy. Just make it look nice. And no shit. I remember this, and I sent them out, and the two that I said looked awesome, and I let them go out right away, the freaking people, boom, were on Instagram 30 seconds later before they ate them. It's real. It's happening. It, yeah. So if you're you, – and there's the thing. You this day and age, it's it's so it's so hard because it's such real. To time. get feedback that quickly is amazing. I told my company, I said, with what I'm going to do in the next year, we're either going to be four times the size or we're going to be out of business. And I'm going to press you guys to that because we're going to be so exposed that if you don't do what I've trained you to do and how you do my recipes and the food that we can make yeah. and what I've built my brand on for the last seven years, you're going to destroy it in less than a year. And and that's a fact. That's how fast everything's moving. So newsflash, if you're and, and this is the other thing I want to make a point. And, and guys, if you know me, you know me. If you don't, you know what? You'll you'll eventually see what a what a good guy I am. I guess as you yeah, say, yeah, Mike. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm for face value. I'm not going to hide shit. I'm honest. Truth is truth. My kids say it all He's the time. A real asshole. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? And my thing is, you either I either love me or hate me. So here's the deal. I can't stand. The people that come in and be like, and, and I'll talk to anybody about anything, but I have a hard time people putting judgment on anybody that does barbecue at a massive level. You are going to put your balls out there and go do a pop-up. Newsflash, guys, until you put your balls out on the line and you're going to do this, don't talk shit, okay? Don't do it. Other part is, I get guys come in, well, I can cook a better brisket than this. Treat yeah, you. asshole. You're cooking one. You're cooking one freaking brisket. Cook 30 a day for seven days a week. Well, and make them consistent, and then come talk to me. That's like uh, I don't know if you know. Did you see uh, Aaron Franklin's doing that master class? I did see that. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Um, it is cool. Uh, I was waiting for him to do it. He's he, he he's doing it. He, but it, the the crazy thing, if you if you caught this, which I don't know if anyone everyone did, but I definitely did because you've watched that. I've, it pops up on my damn Facebook. Yeah, exactly. He's I just like get off me. Like get away, dude. Like I know what you're doing. Just don't do it to me. <laughs> uh, but. He goes, you know, from the time I was cooking, you know, two briskets a day to now I'm cooking 106 a day. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you're cooking 106 briskets a day, uh-huh. you just, it's different than you sitting in your backyard. hundred percent, dude. And watching over that yep. brisket and making sure that you baby it, mm-hmm. making sure that it does this and making sure that it does that. Like we mm-hmm. taught, a, I, I just taught a Weber class. Um, we did a brisket class. Um, I was there with, you know, Harry Sue was there. Um, Tony from uh, Historic Barbecue was there. Kevin, obviously. And then all the, all the great Weber dudes were there. Mm-hmm. Um, Maddie and Kiki from Canada came down. It was, it was a, it was a fucking great class. We had a great time. And, uh, if I'm missing anybody, I'm really sorry. But, uh, 
we you know we put the we put the briskets on and then we were like okay cool we're going to bed for a couple hours yeah and all these guys that were there like they were like you guys are gonna leave we're dude like, i'm cooking like one like yeah i'm yeah. out <laughs> They're and totally good, dude. It's a Weber, smoke, it's a Weber Smoky Mountain. <laughs> they will hold temperature for hours. You'll be fine. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yep. And they're like, you're not worried? Like, not really. Nope. I'll be nope. here. At, like, yeah. I'll be here at 430 to wrap. See you guys then. <laughs> exactly. But to your point, that's exactly what it is. And not saying, you might be able to make better brisket than the top guys. Or me. Dude, fine. That's awesome. Because you're making one. That's the great. thing is we did the blind taste test, right? Yeah. So we did the blind taste testing there. And... Um, they did. We did a wagyu brisket. We did a prime brisket. We did a um, certified Angus beef uh-huh. brisket, and then we did a choice. Mm-hmm. And the certified Angus beef brisket was getting rated as wagyu. Was getting 100%. rated as the best brisket there. And I'm like, that's all we use in our restaurant. How it is now to that point. That's all we use. Get a good cut. Yeah. So many people are like, oh, you could you can get away with choice. You can get away with all that. It's not gonna be the same. You're going to have to smoke it longer. You're not going to be able to, It's just, it's not, you have to start with a quality product. Same difference. People bitch and moan all the time about us. Oh, we're expensive. Guess what? You're going to, I just went to Culver's the other day, ordered two kids' chicken fingers and a cheese curd. It was $22. No, and they're no, bitching no, no, no. about a $14 pork sandwich with fries, a drink, and coleslaw, and it's a good-ass sandwich. Like, give me a break don't, here. Un- here's what I don't understand about that. When people bitch about that... But then turn around and go to Culver's or oh, if you're not I don't. In, in the United States, like let's say McDonald's. But you, you right. go to McDonald's and I can't order a meal for under $10 at McDonald's. No. And it's not. It's not real food. It's not it does have decay. Like they did. A, I just want, <laughs> No, listen. This is the. And we're going to get off track here a little bit. But I went to Jamaica in the spring. And the guy's bringing. Oh, there's our KFC. There's already a line. I'm like, dude, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. And first of all, why do you guys have KFC here? Like, they're all about... There's, like, jerk chicken there. Exactly. There's everything good. Like, legit, like, legit, like, not barbecue as far as I'm used to. Like, I eat everything else there, and I love it. He's like, no. He's like, you don't understand. He's like, why do you think you don't see a McDonald's here? And I'm like, I don't know. They left the patty sit out for a year. It didn't change. It didn't grow mold. What does that tell you? He goes, we decided it wasn't real food. The interesting part I thought about that to to our points here is he told me, if I wanted to open up a restaurant there, I could only bring my recipes and my branding. Every single ingredient has to be sourced locally in Jamaica. If it takes X amount to grow a chicken and we don't have it, we don't pump them full of stuff. We just wait for them to grow. That made sense because now KFC, now next time I go back, I almost want to go to KFC because it's going to be a different taste. Because It's going to be a different chicken. 100%. And that's why they do it. So they don't allow mcdonald's to come in there because mcdonald's didn't want to play their game they wanted to import everything they don't want that yeah which is cool kudos to them which is kind of like how we are we start with a great product yeah and spices to just everything you have to it makes it but guess what it costs money guess what you know (laughs) instead of instead of you going to the store and buying that spice container that's four dollars i'm sorry guess what we may be 12 exactly and we're we're offering you the exact we might be offering you less right you know what I mean? We but the quality, it's the same difference why you buy a Ford Escort and you buy a Ferrari. 
it's a big difference. There's a huge difference, right? So, and that's what it is in same difference. It's a comparison. So, yeah, that's where that's where we start. But I mean, that's you know, to your point, yes. When you cook 106, 50, however many briskets you're cooking even, a day. I mean, even cooking, you just said like 40, 50 briskets, which is right. Probably between the two restaurants, are you guys, you guys are probably doing about 60, aren't you? Um, what's 30, I, you know what the par numbers vary, but okay, let's I'll talk Saturday nights because I know Saturday nights we put out we go through anything like uh, probably 18 to 22 pork butts in Woodstock. Uh, you know, fifteen to eighteen briskets in Woodstock. It's a forty-five person store. We'll be triple that in Huntley, and then it's bigger, bigger shorts. Depending on catering, yeah. But even the fact of cooking from going. Here's another thing. I would love to cook on those pits out there. Guess what? There's a little thing called health regulations when you get into this industry. There you is. can't do it. You have to have a gas-assisted burner. They won't allow it up here. Salt Lick, good for you because they won't allow that stuff to happen up here. Well, Those I mean, pits are a hundred years old, they, they, and that's the that's, that's the, another thing. There, a lot of them are regulated into the sense that they have been put into the code. They've that, been grandfathered. They're grandfathered in. They're okay. They won't do it. You, I do believe you should, in Chicago, you can. Cook, there are a couple of restaurants that do cook get, uh, wood only. Really? Yeah, uh, I believe Lily's Q is one of them, um, and then uh, Point and Flat has a wood burner. I mean, we have a wood burner, but we yeah. don't. They don't. They always want that gas in it. So what we try and do is we try and avoid it to where we get the wood going and allow the, the burner never to kick on. Yeah. But I think it has to have it on there. I, now I don't know if they do. Great, I'd love to see yeah. it. But for us, I know in in this but county, then you don't forget the counties are the gonna, counties are, are different. Are, are, are gonna, like are gonna play M- McHenry County out here will not allow that. Like they dude, they were freaking out at like me putting like, what do you mean you're gonna cook with wood? Like, uh, yeah, it's called a barbecue restaurant. Like, you, you don't understand the stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. The HASA plans I had to build, and it's funny because they gave me such a hard time, and then the HASA plan that I actually drew up was adopted by another county down south because they didn't know what it was doing when, when I helped my buddy open a restaurant down there. They literally adopted my plan as their county plan. Yeah, so, like, oh, this, this yeah, this is great. So I think I know what I'm doing. But that's all, But that's another thing. You know, now you're cooking on a whole different and set you, of cookers. You, you get the... Um like uh, slab out in LA, uh, we were we were chatting with them and uh, LA. They're like, you you have to have a gas system. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah. we, we won't. Like, you can't. There's no other way. Right. Like, like we just said no. That's how we are. Like, we can do it. Like, we stock that box and we kind of turn the temperature down and then make sure that it stays the temp. But now you've got guys who are you know they're your managers. They're your top guys making anywhere fifteen to twenty five bucks an hour, so they're making good money and. Now you've got to teach them what I've learned over 15 years in six months. It's not going to happen. No. So I've got to, that's why I'm on top of it. I mean, they still call me. Hey, dude, this is what it's doing. Like, I've gotten good enough to where, like, like, like what temperature? This is the funniest one. What temperature would I pull this off at? I go, you, I don't even know what to tell you. I'm like, hold on. You take the thermometer. You just jab it. Okay, it's done. How do you know? I just know, dude. I don't know how to teach you that. I, I felt it. Yeah, exactly. You feel it. Like I don't. So that's my hardest part. That's a, that's a lot of the things that I deal with. You know, it's just consistently making the quality food that you know you can make consistently. Like it's yeah. got to be consistent. That I mean, that is a. I think that's where a lot of restaurants in general struggle when they start expanding across the board. Is um, <clears throat> any cuisine too? Any any, any cuisine? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not even saying just barbecue. I'm saying right. any cuisine um, when they start expanding. And especially like mom and pop restaurants. I'm not talking like corporate chains. Corporate chains get that's a different game. They're, Half their shit's reheated anyway. Yeah. So so then it's different. But like right. you got mom and pop restaurants, and it's like, hey, I used to eat at this location, and it's so hard to recreate. Mm-hmm. You know that lightning bolt over there. And one of, one of the great people that are doing it is Swig and Swine. 
those guys are fucking. Where are they? They're they're on a uh oh you're gonna uh, Charleston Charleston South Carolina right? Well South Carolina okay yeah cool. so yeah. they're right out of Charleston. Um, awesome. sorry Anthony don't don't kill me for that. <laughs> Dude I didn't even know who you were sorry about that bro. <laughs> uh, Swinging Swines they're they're fantastic they're they're crazy they uh Anthony is um, insane um they opened four restaurants in five years. Yeah, that's he's crazy. Isn't it? Yep, one hundred percent. Exactly, dude. It took me seven years to open two. So he's just, but they just, you know, they they cranked them. Their first restaurant was opened in a car wash. Perfect. Love and it. just they just kind of did it there. They they are uh, they're like you guys. They're full full bar, all yep. that kind of stuff. Awesome. And I mean, I'm sure that takes. That's another like. It's a whole other headache deal. that you got to throw into it because mm-hmm. liquor licenses aren't. They're they're just a pain in the ass. Back to why things cost money. It's regulations. It's licensing. Here's a fun fact for you. I you guys can buy Miller Lite cheaper at Jewel than I can buy it being a bar, and people don't understand that. I pay more for my liquor. I have it in different bottles. The reason is, is because the state wants to cut. They tax. They tax you. Okay, I'm not getting rich because I'm charging you four dollars for a Miller Lite. I have to charge you $4 for Miller Lite because I have to pay tax and fees to your lovely state. Yeah. That's just business. But you're correct. That's a whole other aspect of when you get into the business side of things. Yeah. And, so, and, and like what we with – the, with, with the barbecue company on the other end with Fire and Smoke, like every time we're popping up in a different county, I have a different – Permit that I have to get. I have a different. <laughs> I remember you just called. We just yeah. talked about this. <laughs> we have a different permit that we're dealing with, and we're yeah. doing this. We're doing that, and we did actually. Uh, Kane, uh, Kane County did uh, help us out and give us a six month permit. Which That's is awesome. Fantastic. That's huge. Awesome. Make sure because it'll get you through the whole summer. But it, it's just so much easier than being like, let me. I have like you know we have we looked at it for the next like literally three months. We have like fourteen events in Kane County, right. and it's like. That's a lot of events to remember to to have to fill out a paper piece of paper and write a every check. Single time and call the inspector, up. then they've got to come up. Yeah. I get it, I dude, I did it, I get it. That's why we yeah. have a yearly on our on our trailer. And that yeah, it's just we a, do a yearly, so it's fine. It just makes um, life easy. Oh, hundred percent. So no, I did a lot a lot of good stuff. So um, yeah, then and then I started what I, then what I started to do is um, we got into this, got into the restaurants. Well, then I realized that in I opened the first one in 2012. Um, in 2013, people heard about us. So the great folks from Buzz Idea Group, or Big Buzz Idea Group, and Chicago Rib Fest came to us and said, "We want you to do this event." And I was like, looked at it, and you know, me just being me, not just being like, "Hey, hell yeah, I'll do it." I looked at it, and I was like, "Dude, this is huge!" And huge, I mean, fifty to seventy-five thousand people in three days. Okay? Yeah, that's sixteen rib vendors alone on top of your other food vendors. Like it grew from this, this, and this. Been around for X amount of years, yeah. whatever. Okay, like I, I, like this was my dream come true, right? Just had a new baby girl. Haven't seen her for six months. Working crazy, trying to get off from the firehouse, trying to build the restaurant. Things are going haywire. I'm trying to figure out all my, you know, figure out what the hell's going on and get a rain on all this stuff so I can not have my food quality drop. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. So I passed on it. In the meantime. That winter, got a trailer, built a trailer, kind of got prepared for it. Yeah. No one was going to do it. They came back, thank God, because this is what I found out later, that you just don't get into this thing. <laughs> it's not like you're just going to be like, I'm going to do Chicago Rip Fest this year and see what happens. No, it's not how it works. So I was introduced to the world of, okay, I have an in. They let me in. Well, that year was the year that um, 
uh, Anthony Anderson did uh, the food festival thing on Food Network. Okay, yeah. And they wanted to feature us along with some of the other vendors. I was like, oh, couldn't have. So here's my point to this, guys. Like, yes. And I was like, yes, yes, and yes. Well, here's my point to this. Don't be afraid to pass on something because you can't do it the right way. Yeah. Like I passed on that. People are like, you're freaking crazy. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not because here's how this goes if I do it. I do it. I fall on my face. I don't get asked back. And now I've destroyed my only chance to do it. Instead, I was patient. Yeah. I passed on it, prepared myself. Now, I didn't know Food Network was coming. Well, guess what? They're coming. They knew our pretzel bomb was awesome. Guess what? Now I get to introduce the pretzel bomb in my ribs to the nation, not just Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So we go down there in 2013. I thought I was the freaking man. I got this new trailer with this setup. And then I was really slapped down and said, wow, look at these guys. And it was, you know, Uncle Bob's freaking, uh, um, what's his other name? Uh, um, Oh, I can't. Uh, Real Urban Barbecue, those guys. You okay. know, some of the big national guys, uh, Texas, Austin Lightning, guys that I'm all friends yeah. with now. Blowing it up and just, boom, pop-ups. And I'm like, what is this shit? Like 20 by 30, like just killing it. And I'm like, oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. You know, I don't know what to do. So, well, long story short, we do really well. Um, Anthony Anderson comes. I mean, he comes at the worst possible time, too. He comes on Saturday. Of course. I've got 400 people in line. My menu's too big. I'm trying to do too much. I've got a ton of food. My staff doesn't know what's going on. And we end up doing the show. And people are like, this is bullshit. How can you stop this for this? I'm like, sorry, this is how it is. He comes in, does his thing. We explode. Um, we end up taking, I'm going to say third. I think it was second, but I'm going to say third. Um, the first year we were there, which they were like, you took third. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but okay. Like, so <laughs> I was just so busy. My you head took was third. You're like, fantastic. I was, tell I, me later. They, yeah. They had to come and tell me because I did, I wasn't able to go up to the awards ceremony because I was so busy. Cause so, um, but ended, what happened is, uh, they, they, that's why I like Chicago rib fest too. They have some celebrity judges, but then they've also got a couple chefs like chef Sean was in there the one year I signed okay. my book. He was there. Awesome dude. Um, people that know food. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. a lot of these things I do now, no bullshit. I'll it is kind of like eh it's kind of like okay three random people or there's a panel of judges they're not really certified they don't really know what they're going for i mean another thing i've made taking the time to baby ribs guys and thought i had the best rib possible didn't even place i've taken a rib out of my warmer thrown sauce on it and caramelized it for two seconds thrown it in a box and sent out in one competitions so it really you don't know but uh, where I'm going with this is Chicago Rib Fest, because another one we're going to do this year. We'll be down there for Father's Day weekend. They bumped it back yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be down there this year. We've been there now uh, six years in a row. We've always been in the top three, and I've won it two years in a row. I won it in 16 and 17. 18, I took third. There was a new guy on the block. I'm going to change up some things now. You know, we've just been a staple there for so long. Um, you know, third's the, the lowest place I've ever gotten. And it's kind of put us on the map in the Chicago yeah. area. Um, and it's just... That's the patience thing. You know, if I could tell, if I can relay anything or bring any value to guys that are up coming yeah. and aspiring, don't be afraid to pass on stuff. Follow your gut. Follow what feels right because it's all going to work out in the end. I couldn't tell you, if you were to tell me that I was going to win that thing twice and be in top three, I, I'd tell you you're freaking crazy. Like, I've got another podcast to do, I think, a couple weeks before, but that's what got me on 257932. They put us on TV. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what gets us our publicity. It's just of how course, it is. Yeah. And it's different. You know, it's a different animal. It's people's choice. Well, now the market's really speaking. They vote. If they like you, you're going to vote. There's, you know, some things. That's, and this is all, don't get me wrong, this is all I love to do it, but it's all about the money and just making money. Because I got, I took a bath in 2016. It's 100 degrees. We were down 55%. The whole entire fest was. So now imagine you do you know, $5,000 and you're like, oh, I'm going to do 55% less this year. But I'm still paying the same money. 
Yep. I lost my ass in 2016. And you're still cooking the same. Oh, yeah, because you're thinking you can't. Here's the difference. Now, there's another high thing. You're not cooking, you know, a burger. 10 slabs of ribs. You're also not cooking a burger or, that takes 15 minutes. Correct. You're cooking or, a rib that takes four hours. Exactly. And now I'm cooking a hundred at a time. Yeah. Now... I've got it. I've got now. I've got to get a jump. So I got to get out. And put my first batch on. My hundred come off. When we do our big ones and we're clipping in Chicago, we run four lines. I will go through a hundred slabs of ribs in less than thirty minutes. Like yeah. that's no joke. You could do maths. We cut them all in bones, and it's literally sampler, four bone, half slab. And then as you go, and now we've got a name. You see it. Friday is a sampler. Saturday you go to half rack. Sunday was like, give me a full rack. Because they just know where they want to go. Yeah. Everybody's out there on their social media. Yeah, hey, yeah, go yeah, here, yeah, go yeah, there, yeah. go there. And it's just how it is. So um, that's kind of where we're at now. Um, we do the catering. We do those rib festivals. We do Chicago Rib Fest. This year we're doing Elkhorn Rib Fest. That's another awesome one you can do. Elkhorn's phenomenal. Those guys are Elkhorn great. Up, up, in, uh, up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin Walworth County Fairgrounds. They do a great job up there. That fest is good. We're doing Algonquin Founders Days, which is the local one. Okay. Um, I'm yeah. take, and then I'm doing uh, Mankato at the Vetter's, Vetter Center. Those are the only ones I'm doing right now. I, I thought I saw you up in Minnesota. Somewhere. I was. I, uh, that's I'm doing. I'm sorry. I'm doing Mankato. You're correct. Uh, that's the Vetter Center. Is that sorry, okay, okay, That okay, is the Vetter okay. Center. Um, yeah, Mankato's a small town where the Minnesota Vikings go to training camp, so it's usually pretty popular up there. Um, Vince Neal is up there this year. For okay, very, very cool. So that's going to be cool. Um, we did, I did 16 or 18 in 2016. It almost killed me. I went all the way down to Florida, went up to Bangor, Maine. Yeah, look that up. You'll see where it's at. It's at the end of the earth. It's at the end of the It is, trust Keep me. Going. You're literally like three minutes from Canada. It's up in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it's awesome. That was a decent one. Uh, you know, I've heard, actually, I've heard some crazy thing about Canadian rib fests. Yeah, They have, like, some crazy, crazy uh, rigs, and they just do some crazy awesome stuff. No, they do, but the crazier part about that is when you go from the United States, I've got stories, and it wasn't me because I've never, I've never done one, the regulation become. But here's the kicker. One guy would tell me how he would have to pack all the cash in the smoker to get through customs. Dude, I'm talking like crazy. We won't say who that was. We won't say who that was because that's illegal. But dude, like crazy shit like that. Now this is just like back in the. This is back in the eighties. You yeah. know, like when firemen were having strippers and freaking drinking on the job. You know, everywhere. Yeah. So this time we've evolved, but that's that's legit. Like that's legit stuff. We've been asked to do some stuff in Canada. I just logistically and just paperwork and just that just sounds like a. It's a nightmare. A nightmare. It is a nightmare. It's a complete nightmare. And I'll show you. Um, my real big rig isn't here. Um, but I'll show you the bigger one, and I'll show you the pictures of the one that I'm talking about. Because I've got a 35-foot gooseneck with two 500s on it, with two convection ovens on it, and four warmers. Like, those are the rigs we set up. And our setup goes 40 in the air, 40 wide. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff they do. And that's, you know, that's what it is. It's brand. Best of the West, uh, Nugget Cook-Off. That's like the Cadillac. That's the Super Bowl for what I'm in right now. Invite only. They know who I am. I basically, all the guys that have won out there, I've beat just like it is. We all go around kicking each other's ass. It's ever whoever has the best day. It's just, day. it's just how it works. Um, haven't been invited there yet. Um, they know who I am. I'd love to go out there, but that's a two, seven day event. Seven days. I've heard stories of guys going through, um, you know, 25, uh, let's see, 100, yeah, 2,500 slabs of ribs, maybe more, you know, just doing crazy numbers because the sheer amount of volume of people that are there. And you got to understand, I'll tell you, I'm going to do Chicago Rib Fest. I cook 100 cases of ribs, 1,200 slabs of ribs for three days. And we usually sell out. But the re- And this is against, now wrap your head around this. 
I'm one of 16 vendors. Yeah. So the sheer magnitude it's of people. Not, it's not just that many. It's right. It's like, that's just me, like what I go through. So it's insane to see the amount of food that we're putting out. And I've made mistakes. Like I've grabbed a uh, degreaser because my guys didn't grab it. This is a funny story. It was in 2000, I think the second year I won, 2017. I was just telling the guys, label everything, do everything. I grabbed the bottle. It wasn't labeled apple juice. Started spraying everything down 10 minutes before we're supposed to pull them off. And it was degreaser, and I throw an entire 120 slab rotation right in the garbage. Yeah, because what are you going to do? You can't survive. Well, I can't do anything. Well, some guys do, because I've seen certain people that have been next to me in years do certain things that I don't agree with. And, you know, uh, you know just have fires and do things, and they should be shut down for the year, and they just wash stuff off and go on because nobody's looking. Where that, that's what it's about me, where I think separates me. I have no problem going out in public and being very vocal about who I am because I know at the end of the day, I'll lose money before I make people sick or I'll try and cheat people or I'll, oh, course, or I'll yeah. jeopardize my yeah. name. Like, there's been hands down where I've had to tell people, I'm sorry, I'm out of ribs, when I could have served them, but it would have been a tough-ass rib and it wouldn't have been my rib. And yeah. I'm not willing to do that. To make an extra $1,000, I'm not, I'd rather tell people I'm sorry I'm out and they, this is a rib fest, this is shit, how can you run out of ribs? I just take it. I'll, I'll eat shit. Because I just don't want to serve shit. Because it's just not how I, I am. Know, but the hard thing is, like, how can you run out of ribs? Okay, look around. Look how right. many humans there are. But but here's the thing: guys don't run out, and they serve, and then they come to me and they go, "Yeah, that guy won last year." I'm like, "Yep." I'm like, "How was it?" He's like, "It was fucking awful. I wish I would have came here." Everybody said your stuff was good. I said, "Yep." And it's hard because I don't talk shit about other people. Like I don't want to. But yeah. when they come to you and say, "Look at this," and I go. I just shake my head. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, because I'm apologizing on behalf of like everybody that loves barbecue and is passionate about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not apologizing for them. I'm apologizing for myself that I'm associated with an industry that people will do that. But guys will just sling shit to sling shit. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's really cool to see guys like you that are doing it the right way when you talk yeah. about the guys in North Carolina. Those yeah. are the guys I want to surround myself with because yeah. anybody that's a purist and knows it, they know how freaking hard it is. So when oh, you yeah. go somewhere or when you come to my restaurant, you're like, we're out of burnt ends. You're like, shit. I gotta get here earlier next time. And that that's that like, I guess that's kinda uh, um and we talked a little bit about that when I was hanging out at the restaurant. Uh-huh. And we talked about how like people don't up up here in Chicago, like sellout barbecue is not super common. Uh no. there are there are a couple people that do it. Um Barry at Smoke, yep. they they do sell out. He does try to do his best. He's a great dude. Barry's an amazing guy. Um, Well, he was the staple. He was the one that, you know, everybody, good for him. He is the one that put Chicago in the map for barbecue. They were the first ones in. Yeah. They did it. And guess what? Uh, Whenever people compare our pulled pork, they compare it to his. Hey, it's better than his. Oh, it's right there. Hey, we don't, we like his better. Kudos. I mean, same thing with brisket. Same thing. Because he just made that staple. Yeah. And that's the benchmark. So great. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's he's just a, how it is. He's a great dude. Yeah. And um, what what Barry's putting out, I mean, I think I think his, his product's amazing, and, and he's an amazing dude, like I said. But it, it's just that, that weirdness. Like, even he said it, it's like people don't understand no. the... Like, like, they'll crucify you if you, if like, you run out. What do you mean you're sold out? Like, yeah, like, I don't what get What am I supposed it. to do? Like, we just did an event, and this lady's like, I really want your burnt ends and I'm like they're gone yeah and she looks at it she goes it's 6.15 what time did you guys start and I go we started at 5 yeah and she goes you sold out of burnt ends by 6.15 uh-huh. and I go yeah I mean 
Here's the we thing. do it almost but, every night at the restaurant. But here's the thing: we're we're a pop up too, so we're not a, we're not a full brick and mortar. Like right, we're not a restaurant. We're bringing this in. But so I'm only bringing, yeah, an amount. But dude, same thing for us. We only separate so many briskets, slice so many, and make the burn ends, and then right. that's why we do chopped and sliced, and we only do sliced after five, because I would have to cook three times as much. Well, then what do you want me to do? You want me to cool it down and then rewarm it for you? Well, then I'll never run out. But that's not barbecue. Yeah. Okay. So where's the where's the where's the where's the compromise? They, but I think in this area it's not like they don't have that. Kudos to, to Franklin Barbecue. What they do is that's Texas though. They know they know that if they don't get in line and wait, they're not getting food. That's just how it is. Yeah. I tried to do that up here. I was gonna literally do Texas style with the pepper and salt and people yeah. and wrap it in butcher paper. When I had people bitching because they had to use plastic forks for the first time they came in my restaurant. Like, dude, it's a barbecue place. This isn't a five-star steakhouse. Yeah. So we went to real silverware. Well, then they complain that they just always find something to complain. Someone's going to complain. Yeah. complain. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not to get off on the negativity, but that's just how it is. I mean, and I agree with you to your point. Up here in Chicago, sell-out barbecue is not a thing. It's a very, it's very hard, very hard, hard yeah. to get people to buy into the philosophy. buy into it yeah. and understand it. With our pop ups, we 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 tell everyone that we're, you know, we're 100%. whatever time till sold out, or or till a certain time. Obviously, because right. we don't, I don't, I won't hold food for much longer than that. No, and then um, and we've been doing good. We you know we've been selling out. We've been. Um, We've been moving a good, good amount of product, and we're we're happy with what we're doing, and right. it's it's growing and it's getting bigger, and, and that that's kind of well. Don't goal, be confused. Right? I was talking to you. I'm building the food truck. Okay, yeah. cats out of the bag. I'm not gonna like load it up and be like I can serve for hours. No, I'm gonna have the guys say, okay, where are we going today? Okay, I'm gonna anticipate a number. I'm gonna put that food on the truck so I know yeah. it's the best possible food and you're based gonna, on the time they're gonna be out. And that's the same thing. Guess what? You, like same thing with what we're doing right now is we're learning. Where does uh huh what what works where right and how much works in certain places and I'm sure when you first get the food truck your first month or so it's gonna be like be, opening a new restaurant I'm yeah, not gonna know what the hell I'm doing you're gonna be you're gonna be going uh is this gonna work today mm-hmm. is did this work today did it not is it gonna rain in an hour are you gonna drive into a storm that you weren't anticipating that wasn't on the radar by the guy that makes half a million dollars a year because he sucks like whatever okay it's the only job in the world where you can be wrong man. dude I'm telling you I still we, tell you you're dude good. we messed up I need that job I need that job <laughs> like I'm gonna tell my kids what I'm gonna tell my I want to be a doctor nope go be a weatherman why because you can be right all the time and still make a ton of money you can be wrong you mean, you or I mean wrong. wrong yeah sorry sorry you're right wrong you just moved to sam you moved to san diego and uh-huh. then all you gotta say is like it's gonna be 75 degrees today. exactly chance yeah. of rain maybe <laughs> only in the winter <laughs> um but no that's the exact point and you don't know and i'm gonna go and sell out because that's how it is you sell out and you move on you can't you can't hold things we're not in the i'm not uh, you know mcdonald's burger king we're not arby's yeah. we're not fast food restaurants that and I think to our to our credit, that's where look at diners, drivers, and dives. What do you see on there? You see one off stuff. You don't see yeah. very many people with multiple locations on that show. No. Because they can't do it. Like what makes them them is the fact that you and I are oh, in right. the back. Yeah. And don't be fooled. Like, dude, I went to my restaurant this morning, both of them, checked in the smoker, looked at the brisket. Like, 
I'm very hands-on. I don't sit in my ivory tower and like, okay, guys, how are we doing? Like, I knew I had to be here today. Send me pictures of all the food I want to see. I can tell from a picture what they're doing, what they're not doing. Then I'll get in there. Okay, how do we do here? Are we making sure that this is going this way? I just check on everything. That's the only way you get it done. Because yeah. as soon as I remove that element, now it just turns into freaking chilies and it sucks. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, but that's the reality. So, again, if you guys are looking to do this, be, be cognizant of what you have to do. Know what's entailed. Know that you're going to have to be hands-on. You're going to sacrifice a lot. And really think, is this what I want to do? Because you know what? I'm not sure I want any more brick-and-mortar restaurants anymore. I'm not, you know, I, maybe, maybe not. But once you go from one to two, two to three, two to five, now the same. Pro- it's all the same stuff. It's just how much time do I want to dedicate to it. Yeah. Nothing's going to change. I'm comfortable in the chaos. I'm going to have 50 plates in the air. I'm going to drop 10, and hopefully I juggle 40. Like, that's where I'm that's at. Just kinda how it's that's just kind of how it's going to be. And you go from there. But, I mean, it's the pop-up thing, the food truck thing. Um, I think there's really good things to be said about that business and that market. I really do. Because you guys have something that, you know, I have it too because I'm still small. Um, but that whole thing where, like, hey, I cook like 20 times – or I cook like 100 times a year. That's it. Like, that's that's a thing. Sell that. Market that. To all you guys that are out there, market that niche. Market that limit, limit, yeah. limit you know, that limited supply. Play to that. You know, get, like I was telling you, we were talking before, you're doing 26, dude, do what I told you to do and do 10 yeah. next month. And you'll be like, damn, he was right. You know? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting, uh, interesting market. I think, I think like, obviously places in, on the West Coast have already kind of done that. East Coast has, has done it. Yeah. And now it's slowly starting to trickle into the Midwest. And I think that's where we're having a little bit of a hard time is... Um, a lot of these places don't know what's going on. We work with they a don't. lot of breweries, and I'm not saying the breweries don't know what's going on. I'm saying the the health departments. Oh, a hundred percent, dude. They just don't know how to regulate that shit in any way, shape, or form yet, because it's still so new for them. Right. And and they don't move. They don't turn. They don't move quick. Well, here's the kicker. So I built my trailer, which is pretty much a food truck. Okay, if you guys don't know, my my trailer is a food truck without an engine. Yeah. Okay. You talk about that's what you want to do. So here's what I do. Which, I mean, I think that might that's not a bad idea because then you don't have to worry about the engine. It's not. I, it's a good idea. That's why I did it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, uh, we built that in 2013, so we do our first fest out of that. So that's six years ago already. They still don't know what they're doing now. I literally had to have meetings with aldermen in the city and health inspectors here to explain the process of what's going on and like pave the way for these other people. And they still don't have a clue. Like it just can't, they're changing the, they're changing the policy and the, um, you know, and the laws every day to adapt to it. So yeah, the West coast is like light years ahead of us because they didn't have as many, you know, I went out to LA the other day for a meeting. Their food freaking sucks. So here's the thing. They're not like Chicago. Chicago has the brick and mortar and all that down. L.A. had to adapt and get with the trends and, and do the food trucks because they didn't have the... So they were kind of like, oh, cool, yeah, we can just do this. So that's the difference. But, yeah, we're catching up, but it's still hard. Like, they look and go, well, what... Like, they made me cut a pipe and have an open-site drain. I'm like, it's a sealed system in a trailer compartmentalized. Well, that's what the code says, and we're treating this like a restaurant. I go, you guys are wrong. And they look at me. I'm like, you're just wrong. Like, it's just wrong. You can't do this. So, and that's the thing that, you know, you're going to run into. It, yeah. It's, it's just crazy, though. But what are you going to do? You can't, they just you can't, you can't do without them. They just don't know. 
And, and unfortunately, it's a it's a government deal where it's like, they're like, well, how dare you challenge my authority? It's like, no, just have some humility and just be like, I might know what I'm talking about because I'm in the business and I care enough about like, I pay, like, I now I have a great relationship with the health department. I tell them they use my facilities to train their new inspectors on what to look for, like in a good place. And I tell them, pop in anytime because I want to see if my guys are slacking. I don't care. I have nothing to hide. All the reports are online. Go check it out. I have nothing to hide. And I think that's good because I've paved the way and told them, I'm going to do the right thing. Most of the reason that these laws and these policies come into place is because you hear stories like certain places want to do a roast beef and they're a pizza place. So what do they do? They turn their oven off. Well, they know it stays hot all night. They throw raw roast beef in there, come in in the morning, take it. Oh, it's medium rare. They finish it off. Well, guess what? You have no way of telling when that meat was there. It's sitting for 10 to 12 hours, and you're not having it in an operating oven. You're just letting it cool down and heat it, and then thermodynamics change it. So now you're making people sick, and that was a real case that they shared with me. Yeah. I said, I can completely understand it. Same reason why there's a picture of a baby on the side of a bucket. Because some asshole let their baby drown in a five-gallon bucket. Like, newsflash, this is what we're dealing with. So yeah. this is like the actual things. Like, my, I have a theory. If it happened, if, if, if people aren't that creative, some people are. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But if it happened in a movie, it's because it really happened in real life. I don't care if it's fiction or nonfiction. You know what I mean? You see a warning because some asshole did that. <laughs> I mean, there was. Uh, I don't. I, I was at some restaurant and they had a sign up that said, "Please don't pee in our sink." You know that happened, dude. And I was like, you know it happened. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then was, I was in a different place, and I was like, "Please don't eat the urinal cakes." I'm like, "You know, you know, somebody oh, bet somebody. I, some some, some drunk asshole bet somebody eat that for five bucks, and the guy did it, <laughs> and probably got sick, and then put it on YouTube or something, and threw up all over the restaurant. It's like, probably. what's going on here? I mean, it's probably I it mean, is. It's insane. It's insanity. It is. Insane. It is. It's a hundred percent insanity. I agree with you, hundred percent. It's just it. Um, and then you know, like you said, you know, when you when you see something. If there's a rule for something, it means that somebody probably did it because they're fucking idiots. Right. Um, and dude, Jason, I want to say thank you so much for coming on our podcast, hanging out with us, chat, no chatting barbecue, chatting all that stuff. Um, the way that I kind of like to end our podcast yep. is um, if you had to go back uh-huh. right now, if you could like literally talk to yourself in 2014 or uh-huh. 2004 uh-huh. and give yourself three tips to shorten your learning curve, what would those three <laughs> tips be? Oh, three tips to shorten my learning curve. Uh, That's a cook, hard one. <laughs> yeah, cook every day, not every weekend. Because you're only going to learn by experience. Yep. You can read as many books as you want. It's not going to do you shit. You can take Johnny Trigg or uh, whatever, Trigg's class. You could take Franklin's class. You can, you, people call them sellouts, whatever. It doesn't matter. You, I can tell you everything for free. You're not going to learn it unless you do it. Same reason my guys have to look at a temperature and I have to try and correlate a number to the feel to see if I can get them close to what I know to get the product I want. Mm-hmm. So cook every day, not every weekend. Um, be more patient. I think uh, some of the times I think I I, uh, I didn't rush, but I, I did some things that kind of accelerated things really quickly. You know, I think, you know, being a little more patient, maybe staying on the competition circuit, networking a little more might have helped me out a little bit, a little more. But again, that's not me. I'm, I'm tunnel visioned and I'm, I see what I want. I go after it and I get it. Um, so I would say, you know, just be patient, whatever it is. You have to be self and, and be self-aware. I think two things going there. Be self-aware of who you are and really know that this is what you want to yeah. do. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then just be patient. Um, third and final thing is, um, shit. Um, you know what? Don't listen to anybody else. <laughs> no, I'm serious. 
I just had, and this is no, I say this because I had a meeting with a gentleman who I'm trying to help for free, and he's got a sauce, and he was so hung up, so hung up on the fact that this KCBS judge was going to taste his sauce. And I said, because I asked him, I was like, well, why aren't you to market? You've got to, what's going on? I go, and he just kept coming up with excuses. And I'm like, dude, I've tasted your sauce. It's good. Like, what's up? Well, I don't know. You know, I'm going to let this guy taste it. And I go, why are you putting so much value on what he thinks? And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, he's a KCBS. I go, yeah, he's one KCBS judge. Not, and I'm not discounting that what you guys do. I'm not discounting your knowledge. Everybody knows barbecue. That's fine. There's a platform for it. There's a place for it. So don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say here. But don't let other people's opinions yeah. dictate what you do. I asked him, I go, do you have do you think you made a good sauce? He goes, I think I made a great sauce. I go, then fucking take it to market and let the market tell you what it the is. The market will tell you. What did we just say about yeah. Facebook? This is what I'm gonna do for him. I'm gonna put just like we've talked yeah. about. I'm gonna take his sauce and I'm gonna put it on my ribs on a Friday night. And guess what, dude? If I sell out and I get blown up on Facebook and people say come back and bring that guy back, your shit's good. If I hear crickets and I don't hear anything, your shit kind of sucks. We're gonna fix it. Okay? But again. Along with that, I'll give you one, just one last tip. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. But when you put yourself out there, don't be listen. Yeah. Be ready to take criticism. But on the other side, don't get high off your own freaking supply either. Don't be like, everybody loves my shit. I'm the best. Uh-uh, wrong answer. If you tune that out, you have to be tunnel vision and focused and tune it out on both ends. I had a real hard time with that on Yelp when I opened my first restaurant. There's some stuff out there that I posted that I'm not proud of. I own it, though. I would literally call people out and tell them they're full of shit because Yelp's a whole other thing. We, you got to have me back. We're going to talk about Yelp and bullshit. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. But the way that it works is, is that people people will try and sabotage you as well. Okay. So you definitely have to just steer clear of that. Take yeah. the higher higher road. I don't think I did that too well. I'm doing it now. But don't listen to anybody and don't yeah. value. Don't let other people dictate what your actions are going to be. You know what? Stay true to the course and, and, and do it. And which I failed a little bit, you know, when I first opened, I'm 110% on board now the last like six years, you know, when we opened Huntley, I got into some pissy matches and learned real quickly that why am I wasting my energy and time on fighting with a keyboard warrior who that, doesn't have any clue of what I've done and the grind and what I put into this place. Yeah. And, and I, and I just came to the, you know what? I'm just not listening anymore. I listen to constructive criticism, so don't take it out of context. Yeah. But, but I'm not going to listen to... There's two different things. There's two different things. There's there's people that are miserable, that are going to be miserable. I'm going to give you a million dollars. Oh, that's all you're going to give me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're miserable no matter... Misery loves company. So, yeah. that's it. So, um, cook more, be patient, and don't listen to people and follow your dreams. There you go. Right. Um, guys, if you want to follow Jason's barbecue journey, it is uh, Barbecue King Smokehouse on Instagram, correct? Uh, it's at Barbecue King Smokehouse. I think Twitter is at Barbecue King 31. But yeah, at Barbecue King Smokehouse is going to get you there, barbecuekingsmokehouse.com. I know it's under construction now. By the time this comes out, it'll, it'll be ready to go. Ready to go. Um, yeah, follow us up, hit us up. Um, if you guys need anything, I'll give you this because um, I really want to bring value to you guys. I think I've got some things to offer, especially on the business side. Uh, cooking, I, I kind of humble myself. I think there's guys that are out there that are doing some really crazy stuff. I'd be more than happy to tell you about that too. But uh, sales at barbecuekingsmokehouse.com, that goes right to my phone. Might take me a while to get back to you, but I will eventually get back to you or any any of the social media platforms too. Um, I really, If you have any questions, I can answer. I'll answer pretty much anything. So. Yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. Guys, make sure you go check him out. Um, if you are in the Chicagoland area, he is in the north uh, uh, northwest suburbs. Uh, you got one in Woodstock. You got one in Huntley. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the truck will be 
somewhere between all that. Yeah, here's what I say. The truck hopefully done this year, probably not. So look for it in 2020. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it, it's a work in progress. So Absolutely. make sure you guys check them out, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon.